Welcome, everybody, to the first episode. What's the name of this show again? Do we have a podcast? <laughs> do we even do we even do this? Who knows anymore? Maybe maybe we'll do this and then disappear for another month. Time will tell. Just call us Bray Wyatt. <laughs> the Bray Wyatt podcast. <laughs> we show up and then we just disappear for a little bit. Yeah. It'll be we'll- it'll be a whole lot of disinteresting. You'll get a little bit of a payoff in the end, and then we're gone. And somebody else will carry our shtick for us until that gets dull. And then we'll be back. God, do you you have a brother who kind of looks like you that can put on a mask? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is that that who it is? Because we don't know. Um, Oh, no. No, there's just... People weren't presuming that two months ago, and we're just now getting to it. Everything's cool. It's cool. We we should say, you know, it is the the Toogie Take podcast. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> In case you weren't aware, everyone, by the Bray Wyatt storyline hazing, this is second a term pod. buckle podcast is back. Oh, I was I was gonna. I told you I want to work on uh, like uh, like a singing thing of like, did Bray Wyatt wrestle this week? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he did. Two weeks ago at, at MSG and broke sure, his finger and he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. I oh, will say anything like that is it. God, it just reminds me of the worst goddamn Twitter account, which I think is finally was taken down. But for the longest time, there was a Twitter account. And, you know, my love for this man. Mm-hmm. But it was at is test still dead, and every day it was yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just the morbidity of somebody to do that, like holy shit! But anytime, <laughs> anytime oh, somebody is like, "Is this thing still a thing?" and I'm, that account has ruined yeah. um, that question. Did how many followers did it end up getting? More than you would have hoped. <laughs> <laughs> that is genius. That is so genius. Oh my god! Is oh, so? Have we missed? Dead. Have we missed anything in the last month, my friend? Yeah. In the world of uh, of wrestling, I, so. I almost feel like we should reintroduce ourselves. But you know what? Go back. Listen to the joy before we had to take a brief break. Uh, in you know about a month break through the month of December, I have been a very, very busy boy, unfortunately, and our schedules don't often align outside of the day that we set aside previously that suddenly no longer became available. Right. And and then the holidays. I mean, there's enough stress already that um, creating a podcast, editing. Well, there's not a lot of editing that goes into this one. We're we're kind of freeballing it as we go. Yeah, I said it. Um, But, you know, the just the added stress that comes with the holidays and then the schedules. Cause I picked up more shifts. You picked up the, uh, the, uh, what is it? Gamer. You can plug yourself. Uh, the, the sports gamer, sports uh, gamer. NHL esports broadcast. Yeah. yeah. You pick that up. You do a fantastic job doing that stuff. So why add that much more pressure, uh, through the holidays? It, it just made sense just to kind of take that little break. It, it wasn't because we were getting burnt out on this. It just, this is fun. Let, let's just make sure that it remains fun rather than the, I think the moment that this becomes a job, 
would be awesome because then we'd get paid for it. Uh, (laughs) The dream. Yeah, but on the flip side, if we're getting paid for it, we can pay other people to edit it and and do all the the, the heavy lifting that comes with this. So, very very true. So I joked about it. We haven't done a show in about a month, and as far as I'm aware, nothing major in the wrestling world has happened in that time. Um, Doogie. Yeah. Uh, Vince is back. And that brings us, everybody, to door number one. <laughs> Let's <laughs> talk about the WWE to kick off this show. We'll get into some other stuff a little bit later on and even have a bit of a throwback segment, as we always do. But let's chit-chat here. Is the throwback about... segment to, like, the last show that we did? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the way, way long ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, WWE-wise, obviously the biggest thing is in December, we hear, hey, Vince McMahon might be trying to come back, and then, what, six days into the new year, and congratulations, he's back. Now... <sighs> Yeah, for no, now, the, you know the word you know is... What? Hold on, hold on. That sigh right there <laughs> explains pretty much how everybody except for Vince McMahon feels about this. Yeah. Like, no good can come of this at all, but uh, continue. Essentially, it just comes down to the fact that he is who we thought he is. Like, obviously, <laughs> it's the power-hungry old white man yeah, who rather than see that company have any form of success will claw back any form of power that he still had, to be honest, as the uh, majority shareholder of the company. Right. And he comes back. For now, the word is he doesn't he won't touch creative. Oh, no, everybody has their job. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, look, you know, we talked about optimism you know, throughout the history of this podcast and, you know, kind of waning towards the end of November and disappointment with certain angles, with the exception of, say, what they were doing with Dominic Mysterio or the bloodline, which, to be honest, from my outside perspective on WWE, still the two best things they have going. I don't know if anything else is all that close outside of, hey, they're letting Gunta be who he is and just put on good matches. Boy, let's the booker of the year right there by doing the basics and just letting wrestlers wrestle. That's how low the bar is for that particular company. I just, um, I, I want to rewind maybe 10, 20 seconds. Sure. You said the good they were doing with Dominic Mysterio. Uh, he's been entertaining. Good? Like I saw the, like a promo post Christmas where I guess they did a segment where he went to jail. And I guess <laughs> the story is he was in jail for like eight hours and yeah. he cuts a promo with the prison tier tattoo. Yeah. The Dementors. Yeah, this is funny. The Dementors were the worst part. <laughs> prison Mike over here. But yeah, no, I mean, there's there's still little glimpses that there's something there, but then you've got guys like Mustafa Ali, you've got guys like... um I mean, Seth Rollins is injured, which I'm not sure if that was going to be coming up later on. Um, uh, no, because more storyline perspective is the word yeah. on that. So uh, There's rumors of the Hurt Business coming back, which would kind of be cool, but I don't know how that fits. Uh, all of Triple H's babies are back, but they're not really doing anything. Um, yeah, it's still 
The only difference between, I feel, the only difference between where we left it and where we are now is that Vince is back. And that's, that is not good at all. No, no, it's not. And for the most part, you know, again, like I, I get still the optimism surrounding the product and in a general sense, it has improved, if not to, you know, an extreme extent. Financially, the company is as successful as ever. I guess WrestleMania is already breaking records, and that event's still three months away. Right. So things are looking good. They announced uh, the first uh, Money in the Bank to be held outside of uh, the U.S. They're going to London on July 1st. I don't mind that idea. Not me. Either. Just spice. I mean, granted, we're only like two years removed from Money in the Bank Titan Towers. Mm, that was a weird which, one. Which. You know, all things considered, pandemic, all of that, that was fun. That was, I mean, to have the money in the bank spots without a crowd there, mm. I think I think they went the right way in a terrible situation with what yeah. they did there. Um, even throwing Rey Mysterio off the top of the building. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the only thing that they did wrong there was they didn't keep the briefcase on Otis and give him a run. I'm not saying that he is completely heavyweight material, but when... Oh, he's heavyweight material. Fair. Heavy machinery <laughs> is he. Um, but the, the heavy variety. It was just very WWE to change their mind a month or two later. And he was actually doing some of the best work that WWE had with uh with Mandy with Mandy Rose. Spoiler oh, her. Yeah, she's not around either. Good for hmm. her by the way. Good. F- no you know shit, what? right? Good for her if if uh WWE is not going to pay her the same amount as a bunch of sweaty old man going to her pay page thing and she's making money then hey, you know what? Good honestly good for her though. Like mm. if it was an ultimatum between uh, running as the NXT champion or getting paid a million dollars in three months. You know where I'm going to head. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know if they're married or not, but I think Tino Sabatelli, who she's with, is still a WWE contracted wrestler. So, like, it's not as if that's a, you know, a couple that's that's hurting financially in oh. any sense. Uh, oh. As a matter of fact, but you know, the decision that was made, they're doing very, very well for themselves and good for them. We're not, we're not going to hold a uh, fresh businesswoman down. I don't know what fresh meant there, but that's the only (laughs) word I could go with. You know, speaking of fresh, you know what? Um, In December of all, of all uh, times, uh, fiance and I were trying to find something new to watch. I forgot what we finished watching on Netflix. Um, But we, we and I know they don't have it in uh, Canada, but we resubscribe to HBO Max uh, for the which same Christmas Crave, movies, which is basically Crave up here yes. in Canada. Yeah, um, you know, for the sake of Christmas movies that she wanted to watch. But for me, it was like, oh, OK, cool. Like I had added stuff, you know, probably had HBO eight months before. What can we um, you know, what can we watch? Let's look on there and see if there's another show to watch. And she literally down to three, and one of the options was The Sopranos. And I'm like, oh, we're watching The fucking Sopranos. Now, keep in mind, this was a show 
filmed in the, you know, at the beginning of it, the late 90s and into mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And I say all of this to mention to you that we just heard a term today for the first time since the year 2001 where something was described as fat. P-H-A-T. <laughs> need just to bring you- using your terminology a minute ago yeah. perfectly lines up with the era where fat was a great way to describe something. We could have bring some of those back. Right? Yeah. Fat? Oh, man, that's fat. That's dope. <laughs> you- I use dope a lot, actually. Yeah, dope. Dope had a strong comeback. If you were to say in front of your children that something is fat, I think they would keel over <laughs> out of sheer embarrassment. So that's one for the back pocket. You know, they, they don't they don't act up the right way and that's, they get in that's, trouble. That's getting jiggy with it right there. <laughs> what what? Oh god. Where's Deke Slayer? This is this is the episode for him to have been on. Holy Hannah. God, if only. We do need to we do need to get him on and talk about wrestling at some point. How excited are you just to get it back into the wrestling? Mm-hmm. How excited are you for Royal Rumble being so a couple weeks away? That is exactly where I was going next. Great minds. No. Hey. I you don't tell me where you're going to go. I just kind of I don't. Know that's that's the best part. Yeah. So you know, all that Vince talk, it's the idea of like, okay, I wasn't like totally amped up for the product. Again, I still kind of follow along through internet means, you know, Reddit, Twitter, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, to see what's going on with them. And that's all well and good. But before the Vince news, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, the rumble and it's very, very tough given I've been a wrestling fan my entire life, very, very tough to not get excited about the idea of watching the Royal Rumble and even potentially WrestleMania. Like, you know, to date, there is a there is a mania that I missed, unfortunately, and we'll talk about her a little bit later on, I'm sure. It was the uh, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair headlining mania. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The One of the first or the first two night. Yes. So I did miss time? that one. It's very, very tough to, once the new year hits, not be excited for the Rumble. But man, like any excitement I had, all of a sudden it's like, oh, when Vince is back. And you could roll out the worst lineup of 30 superstars. And for some reason, I get jacked up around Royal Rumble. Probably even more so than, than Mania. And don't get me wrong. Mania is an absolute must watch year in, year out, whether it's good, bad or otherwise. But there's just something about Rumble. There's just the the anticipation every two minutes that absolutely hooks me. And even the surprise of who's going to show up and compete. Um, Like there, I remember there was one year where I think it was just Kevin Nash came back as Diesel and Booker T came out. And those were the two surprises out of 30. And as disappointing as that mm. was, I still sat through it all and enjoyed it. So it's now last year sucked. Both men's and women's. Um, the Triple H winning the title year sucked ish. Yeah. 
Um, you know, there's, there's always something that happens that just, you know, Daniel Bryan not being in, uh, AJ Styles not making it to the end, um, Santino being in the final two and not winning. Like, and that, I'm not trying to be sarcastic there. That's a legitimate, like, that was, we've talked about audibles on the fly. That was an audible they should have made because of how crazy the crowd was that Santino was in the, I think it was against uh, Randy Orson's. No, the Santino in the final two, that was, yeah. uh, here, here comes the nerdy wrestling brain. I'm pretty sure that was 2011, and that was Del Rio's win. Was it Del Rio? Maybe it was. Unfortunately. That, yeah, that was the Randy Orton's. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, there's there's always something that comes out of me, or comes out of Rumble, uh, that just irritates me to no end. And unfortunately, last year it was... Uh, it was insulting the intelligence again. You know, the 30th entry is two of their quotation fingers, stronger competitors. And I'm not using that for Brock Lesnar um, coming in at 30 and winning the whole thing while we invested two hours of 29 other competitors. And then those two come out and clean house and good night, everybody. <laughs> it was just it. it the investment did not equate to the payoff that we got and therefore i get why they did it with uh actually I, I get why they did it with both just the the process to get there was just dumb agreed so rumble wise then where's your excitement level i i mean if we had to say out of 10 yeah uh not including some of the matches that are rumored or announced. Uh, I will go a solid eight and a half just for the Rumble matches, just because, like, to me, there's... Uh, I love them. I love the... Like I said, I love the They're anticipation. The I, yeah. Yeah, those, that's why I watch those pay-per-views. Everything else is actually just throwaway. I, I could care less about a Mountain Dew-sponsored pitch black. <laughs> Regardless, like... I have said for months, I want to see Bray Wyatt wrestle. Mm. And now we get whatever flavor of Mountain Dew is the hot thing right now. We don't even know what a pitch black match is. Thanks for selling it, kids. Not um, good is my guess. <laughs> it tastes like failure. Um, yeah, I as much as I want to see that match. Uh, Bray Wyatt and LA Knight, I think is going to be a banger. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching rest or I'm not. Why do I want to keep calling it WrestleMania? Cause I'm old. Uh, <laughs> Royal Rumble. I'm not watching Royal Rumble for Bray Wyatt, LA Knight match. I'm watching Royal Rumble for the Royal Rumbles. Yeah, everything sure, else though? is a key break. Like back in the day, you know, like Rumble 04, like you got Brock Lesnar and Bob Holly and a, WWE title match? That's not why you watch that pay-per-view? I mean, there's exceptions to the rule. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... Um, I mean, I've e even been watching some of the... I mean, that's my feed right now on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok is all uh, Royal Rumble related and watching Diesel clean house mm. and just look at the entrance. Like, he's not playing with the audience. He's not, 
He's just looking at the entrance and like, come on, like egging somebody to come through the entrance, even though there's still 30 seconds left. Or the classic um, Stone Cold Steve Austin cleaning house, doing push-ups, unraveling his tape, sitting on the uh, sitting on the turnbuckle, looking at his watch, waiting. And then Bret Mm -hmm. Hart's music hits like there's moments that are just fantastic in these things as much as there's moments that absolutely suck. Like last year's Rumble, that was absolutely abysmal when the only surprise return was Shane McMahon. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which got him, again, quotation fingers, fired. (laughs) You know you're going to see all the stories, by the way, about... And look, I'm not trying to sit here and immediately slag off like Triple H's ability as a a booker of a company, but immediately, all you're going to see... Like, this Rumble could be bad. And it's still going to be praised as a phenomenal rumble because it's going to be directly compared to last season. I could see to that last season to last year, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I think the only, the only way it's not, the only way that it's not perceived as better, is if The Rock wins it. The oh, Rock doesn't need it. That's... We've talked about this a hundred times on this podcast. The Rock doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble to take on yeah. Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the rumored match. The Rock just needs to show up and say, hey guys, remember me? I'm The Rock. I want a match with Roman Reigns. Because you know what happened at Crown Jewel? Hey guys, I'm Logan Paul. I want a match with Roman Reigns. I don't mm. need to win a Royal Rumble at all or wrestle really anybody else over the past year. Like the. It, it's better to give that spot to somebody else and you can still arrive at the same destination because he's got both belts. Cody Rhodes wins it. He goes after one belt. The Rock goes after the other. The Rock doesn't even need to go after the belt. He's going after the head of the table. Right? So if The Rock shows up and he wins it, I can't cancel my WWE network again. <laughs> Fair enough. That said, uh, two other doors, and there's the throwback door that we'll save for last. Door number one or door number two? Ooh. Trying to even think. You know what? I I actually want to talk. I have not seen uh, the stuff that I'm sure we're going to talk about with New Japan or Japan related. So let's get that out of the way, because from everything I've heard, everything was fantastic coming out of overseas. For the most part. Um, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom wasn't flawless. I'll say that. Fair. Um, there probably were... The stuff, probably the stuff that I would be more interested in. Yes. I mean, the... Meltzer gave what? Like a seven and a quarter star? I think it was six for was it six Omega Osprey. Admittedly, I don't pay too much attention to that, not because I'm yeah, fair. disgusted by the thought, like some people, but um, I just hadn't seen it. Um, so yeah, in general with this event, there was some really good stuff, and they did a really good job, too, on the show that they always do the night after called New Year's Dash, setting up a lot of changes and a lot of directions, which is really nice. Like, Immediately after their biggest event of the year, by the next night, you know where they're going, at least for the short term, in the next month or so. And it's awesome. Isn't that similar to Raw after? Yes. And much like Raw after, 
hits and misses. Yeah, depending fair. on certain years. And there were some years with New Japan, even before the pandemic, where it was like, oh, it's like the Raw after Mania. And then there were some years they just really didn't do that much. Uh, yeah, yeah. This year was different. Like there were stable changes, um, you know, numerous title directions. That is probably the biggest issue with New Japan. If people think AEW has too many titles involved, holy shit. Um, I think there was on the main card one match that wasn't for a title out of nine. Wow. So, yeah. But they, they tend to like let. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to say this without sounding like an old man. But like they let like foreigners or like North Americans or, you know, like non Japanese come in, win their title, and then head back to wherever. You saw it with FTR, you saw it with Carl Anderson, you saw it with uh, Will Ospreay. Well, Will Ospreay's technically at uh, New Japan anyways, right? Like, yes. signed full-time. Um, but they tend to, like, allow these guys to win the title, go back to whatever federation they're from, run for a bit, and then bring them back to defend it. So, I, it's, I, I get where you're going, and from an outsider standpoint, I don't know if I would be comparing those apples and oranges-ish. But I don't think you're wrong either. So, to sum up the card, um, the former Kyrie Zane, of course, is on the roster. She's still phenomenal. Unfortunately, uh, her match was cut to about six minutes because of the mercedes Monet debut, which also didn't go over very well, but I think it's she's obviously going to figure it out. She's immensely talented and it is very mm-hmm. interesting to see her not go back to WWE and to actually take an outside look and makes you wonder, will uh, the potentially former Naomi do the same thing? Will she go back? I mean, you know, interesting situations there. Um, FTR had a really, really good tag match. About as good of a tag match as you can have in 10 minutes. Um, you know, like I said, they just they kind of set up a lot. And then, yeah, there are the two main events where, you know, Okada and Jay White. If you've seen an Okada and Jay White match, you've seen this one. I personally enjoy the style. For some people, they really don't. Uh, but, yeah, match of the show was Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. It is, like, I agree with the sentiment that's been around the, the internet since Wrestle Kingdom in terms of, like, Kenny Omega in New Japan feels like such a bigger star in AEW. I don't agree with the idea that he doesn't feel like a star at all in AEW. I don't think that's true. But there is just something about the camera work and the way New Japan presents certain talents, him in particular, where he feels like the biggest damn thing in wrestling when he is on a big stage in New Japan. Like this untouchable aura and presence. It's astonishing. I'm not saying, I'm not comparing here. I'm not trying to say that Kenny Omega is The Rock. I'm not trying to say Kenny Omega is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, worldwide, maybe, but not to a North American audience. Having said that, just hearing you say that, I would imagine it's very similar to when the glass shatters on Raw. Or, you know, like, Rock Cena. Didn't really need that much buildup. Got a lot of buildup, but didn't really need that much buildup heading into the WrestleManias. And it has that feel of like, no, he's not fighting a Hollywood actor 
who doesn't show up every week. He is fighting the legend that is The Rock. He's fighting the decades that he has put into professional wrestling. So I would imagine that that's the same when you get Kenny Omega. One of the things also that I, I've heard um, that Kenny Omega does that Osprey and it was kind of a critique of um, Mercedes was speaking in Japanese. Mm. That he comes out and he speaks their language, therefore he's one of their wrestlers versus... Yes. This British guy who needs a translator or like imagine uh, I'm still not used to Mercedes Monet. I was going to say no, Sasha Banks. Nobody is. Imagine <laughs> she comes out and cuts a promo in Japanese. And let's be honest, she had the time to learn Japanese. <laughs> she had some free time on her hands. Um, but she comes out and she cuts a she would have been absolutely adopted in that moment as their their new female wrestler, like the legend would have grown instantaneously in that moment. Also, Carrie, Carrie messing up the, the finish. Didn't yeah, go over that was, that was great either. Both of them, unfortunately, but yeah, it just, it was, it was weird. Um, only other thing I'll really mention about it is um, just that Will Ospreay is fucking incredible. Jesus. I, um, I want him in. I don't care if it's WWE. I want him in North America so bad. Like the thing is too, like I've noticed and it's kind of the same way with the young bucks. Like people get a name for themselves for being the quote unquote spot monkey. And then that just, that reputation so hard to, sh- you know, to shake. Um, and I get the young bucks have their moments of like, Oh, uh, perfect time to forget to sell. Um, that's just a fucking wrestling trope in general. Um, when's the last time wrestling. legitimately, you saw someone have their leg worked on for 50% of the match, and then in the back half of the match, they don't do something, at least a couple of things that wouldn't be believable based off of the injury. It happens in every match. I'm not going to name a match, but I can remember so many times where even like the announcers point out, like, didn't he get kicked on his right knee? (laughs) He's limping (laughs) on his left leg? That commentator is Jim Ross. (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah i mean that style though i I was thinking about this earlier too like okay so let's let's hypothetically say osprey goes to wwe wwe expects osprey to become a wwe sports entertainer slash wrestler whatever you want to call it they don't adapt to his style which i think is where black and gold really worked was Adam Cole didn't have to become somebody else. Johnny Gargano didn't have to become somebody else. You got those styles that either you were used to or got to know in black and gold. And that's where the disconnect. I mean, they even say it. The disconnect was from black and gold to the main roster because the main roster was still trying to get uh, professional wrestlers turned into sports entertainers. So if they can somehow get Will Ospreay to come in and still be a professional wrestler. Um, almost what I expect they're going to do with Cody Rhodes, who's still somewhat of a sports entertainer, but he at the core, he's a professional wrestler. If they can let him run and bring in Osprey and bring in, you know, I just, I think I just hate how they try and change. Um, and then they put the failure on 
the wrestler themselves and not their model, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there's it's a countless list, but, you know, of talents over the years that, you know, haven't exactly been given the best opportunity to succeed on that biggest platform. Um, only other thing I was going to say about Will Ospreay is just his selling in the match was ridiculous. And some of it probably wasn't selling. Yeah, uh, but those matches, like some of what I saw, uh, I remember watching um, Omega Jericho. Mm-hmm. And that took professional wrestling to such a completely different level. Like, yeah. I hadn't seen a match like that since like the old ECW days. And it it was a nice return to like something that could pick up and run, right? But uh, no, from what I've heard, it's it's very similar to that. I haven't watched it yet. Really want to sit down and and uh, and watch that match though. Same with um, Muda and uh, and Shinsuke. Nakamura. Yeah, I heard just I heard mixed. I heard mixed about that, but I still want to see it. I mean, it, it's a spectacle match, right? Like the the right. match before, and I, I've you know, I've started to follow Noah a little bit more, uh, but you know the the work rate main event was before that match between their uh, champion Kaito Kiyomiya and Keno. Like that's the the work rate match. This was, and I'm not putting it on the same level. Um, you know, the comparison doesn't quite work, but you know, it's more Rock Hogan than well, I guess whatever they thought uh Hunter and Jericho was gonna be, you know? Yeah. But every anybody who enjoys whatever you want to call it, sports entertainment, professional wrestling, whatever you want to call it, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about Rock Hogan. There you go. I'll I'll right? take Rock Hogan's more often than not, to be honest, right? with that crowd and investment. We did, we did talk about uh, and I've read a few things about this match too. We did talk about on this podcast that Shinsuke needed this match more than Muda needed it. And people from what I've seen were really receptive to seeing Shinsuke become the wrestler that he used to be pre WWE, even for one match. And hopefully it's not going to happen. Let's be honest. Vince is back. Um, but hopefully that shows his current employers, the type of wrestling and the type of wrestler he is. As far as I'm concerned, I, I hope that it actually uh, uh, turns into something good. Only other non WWE AEW thing I wanted to mention, um, you know, we've, we've rarely talked <clears throat> at times about the likes of, of course, now impact wrestling, but the former TNA. Um, and that was the passing of Don West just before the new year and um yeah that um that, you know real real somber mood for the rest of that day especially like in terms of you know the oh, the the term for the relationship you know between fan and the person parasocial like don west did know i existed doesn't right. mean i can't be sad over his passing and i was because I have such great memories over uh, being introduced to, you know, TNA wrestling in 2003 by an uncle of mine. Of all things, he had a VHS tape with two pay-per-views that he ordered when they were doing the weekly pay-per-view things in 03. And that's when I first found them, Um, you know, 
rushing home from school to watch them on Fox Sportsnet before they <laughs> even had a Spike TV deal here in the States. Um, you know, for a long time, better part of a decade. Uh, it was it was Mike Tanay and Don West and me discovering wrestling, you know, as getting close to being a teenager, really, at that time. No, sorry to bring up the age thing, of course. Um, you. But, you know, it's like I have <laughs> memories of WCW and like ECW on TNN. But I was a, I was a kid. You know, I, I yeah. couldn't really, like, fully be immersed in that, even if I had like the action figures and the video games. Right. You know, TNA, when it was really starting to, to pick up with AJ, Samoa Joe. Um, yeah, I was at the age where it's like, oh, man, I could really appreciate that and kind of you know really get into it as the counterculture wrestling program like you know people had with ECW before that um and yeah with, with Mike Tanay and Don must being the voices of it I have so many fond memories of watching and supporting that company up until the Hogan and Bischoff era right. um so it was yeah it was just a really fucking sad thing I mean the guy only 59 years old um, and just knowing his background as like he went to college for sports broadcasting and then got into the home shopping network style deals. I think the network was literally called the shop at home network. Didn't he? And, do, he did some stuff for WCW in the end as well. Kind of doing like that, like shilling the product kind of thing. Did he not? I think the story was he got offered to, but rejected it. I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm trying um, to think like I could be my wrong. connection to him. And I completely respect the TNA side of it, but I never really got into TNA. So I respect what he brought to the industry, but I, I just don't have that connection. And I could have sworn either near the end of WCW or yeah, near like we're talking like, um, Hall Nash jumping into the pool era, like <laughs> near the end. Um, he was on there doing like, uh, act now and get this shirt, this sting shirt and do the, I could have sworn he did that. But even if Maybe. he didn't, like, I don't properly. Recall. Not, I, there's nothing I can, I don't have it in me to just, to besmirch the man because I didn't watch TNA. I know what he brought to the industry, and and it's an absolute loss. Even if he isn't involved in WWE or or uh, AEW right now, like Impact still exists, and I think yeah, it wouldn't have if you didn't have that dynamic duo that they had uh, as announcers. One of, if not my favorite commentary teams of all time. So, uh, I can Really quick, based on your kind words for TNA, there's a question, and it it goes back to Rumble. Abyss. <laughs> Do you want to see Abyss? Joseph Parks right now is a what do you a producer for WWE. Do you think uh, two part question? Do you think it happens? How awesome would it be if it did happen? No, because I think the guy's getting close to pushing 50. Yeah, but the the rumble, you and, can go in for two minutes and get eliminated. And, and I don't know what the nostalgia level would be. 
Like my fear for him, and I was a big fan of his, you know, call the call it a cane ripoff if you want, whatever. Um Yeah, I, I was a big fan and nothing would make me more sad uh, than yeah. Yeah, yeah. some weird version of his song hitting or even the TNA theme that he had, and it's just not a good reaction. That would just make me too sad. I don't think I'd want to see it. Fair, fair. I, and I, I can understand that. I just think, see, and I thought, I thought it was more kind of a, a mankind ripoff than it was a cane. But I also understand the era that he came out in was more cane than mankind. Um, there's, there's something about it. I, I would actually, I think it would be more a nice little, you know, a throw to the, the internet community. Or or whatever you want to call it, you know, because I mean, like they've done it with Mickey James, but Mickey James was a name in WC or in WWE. I don't know how many others, like AJ Styles, had a really good reaction, but everybody knew he was coming and it were excited for his run. Like that was the worst kept secret heading into that WrestleMania or heading. I'm doing it again. That Royal Rumble. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else that was like an absolute darling that they brought in that nobody really knew. But I, I, I can understand that. I, I'd i like to see it. I think it would be kind of cool to see him. And even if it was like a five minute run, because I think the other side of it is people understand like he hasn't rest like those who know who he was and didn't need the explanation would also know he hasn't wrestled in 10 years. Itch. Mm. So. It would be a complete nostalgia act, almost like if they broke out Santino again or Booker T comes out in his gear and and has a good run. You know, give Abyss one elimination, but it's like a double elimination. I think there's there's no nothing really lost there either. On the AEW side of things, before we get to our throwback topic, I do want to say this. And that I don't have much to say because I have been enjoying the ever-loving hell out of AEW's television. I am very excited for this Wednesday, which is practically a pay-per-view with a ladder match between the Elite and Death Triangle. John Moxley and Hangman, and you have Brian Danielson and Konosuke Takeshita. Potentially the debut on the AEW side of things for Mercedes Monet. Time will tell. Yeah, there's rumors um, of that one. Man, I, yeah, like, it's just, I am very, very, very much enjoying pretty much everything that they're throwing out there right now. So I, I don't have too much to add, uh, aside from the fact that we just passed the uh, fourth year anniversary of the company's announcement. Congratulations. If I had a confetti cannon, you know, pop it right <laughs> now. Um, I told you two weeks ago. When we kind of started like, okay, when are we coming back? When are we doing this or whatever? I've got, I've got the conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories when it comes to AEW. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. I'll try to keep it short because I know we want to get to the, uh, the, the throwback stuff here. Yeah. Uh, hottest name in AEW that isn't currently wrestling. In AEW. <sighs> Good. Under contract. Mm. Technically. 
for some reason hasn't been fired yet. <sighs> Holy crap, Tubes, it's CM Punk. Jesus Christ. I wasn't going to mention him. You had to. <laughs> <laughs> you who shall not be mentioned, right? I, you know, the whole Dax Harwood started a podcast thing. And uh, man, yeah, there's, there's little hints, little things here and there. Keep going. If he comes back, he comes back. Awesome. If he doesn't come back, it is what it is. Why hasn't he been fired yet? And if you say legalities, eh, this is professional wrestling. You can cut a guy at any time for any reason and just pay him out. And boy, do the Jacksonville Jaguars have money (laughs) hitting into the playoffs. Okay, so CM Punk, right? What happened to CM Punk medically at Brawl Out? Oh, God, medically? Medically. At Brawl Out. At Brawl Out. He got a wicked case of the fuckets. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's had that for years. Oh, uh, fair, fair, yeah. Torn biceps. Yes. The recovery time, according to the very accurate, verywellhealth.com, <laughs> is six months. Brawl Out was on September 4th, 2022. <laughs> March 4th would be six months from September 4th. Mm-hmm. Tugi, what pay-per-view happens on March 5th at Chase Center in San Francisco <laughs> in 2023? That would be AEW Revolution. Hmm. Hmm. You haven't mm. fired the guy. Now all everything is, oh, he'd really like to do business. He still wants to work for the company. Dax is coming out saying he's a good guy. He got a bad rap, blah, blah, blah. They, they keep throwing these little like breadcrumbs to keep us interested, to keep CM Punk's name out there. We are two months away from the return of CM Punk at Revolution. Book it. I'm putting it down. This isn't paper. I'm using my voice. He is coming back and he's going to be a surprise, much like MJF at the end of Brawl Out. I think I, I don't see how it doesn't happen because they haven't fired him yet. Otherwise, we would have known that he's now a free agent. Unless they're holding on to him until after WrestleMania because they know WrestleMania would be a huge, huge payday for WWE. But again, the pockets are lined with ownership of AEW. So you could take that out of the equation. I think he comes back at Revolution, and I think it's one of the biggest stories that we'll be covering as 2023 goes on, how they decide to work uh, CM Punk and potentially FTR against the elite. That's my conspiracy theory. of. I, I think I don't see how that doesn't happen. With that, our throwback, because I got nothing else to add to that. We'll leave that be. Uh, not much in terms of a historic date here, the day that we are recording. Uh, it is worth noting back in 1993 on this day, January 9th, 
at a WWF live event in Boston, Massachusetts. The first ever Iron Man match in company history took place as Bret Hart beat Ric Flair by the score of three to two. How long was that? That was half an hour. Uh, I'm not sure. I presume a full 60 because it was a live event in 93, but I don't say. Think... I mean, again, it was a live event, not televised. So I. Oh, OK. So, yeah, fair. Yeah, because the first televised one was Mania. Right. It, so there were iron like there were Iron Man matches in Raw, but I I don't think they ever. I think the first one hour Iron Man match was at least on TV was was it twelve WrestleMania yes. twelve. So yeah, interesting too. Ninety three was still kind of when Flair had that little window in WWF at the time and still mm-hmm. jumped back like won the Royal Rumble won the title had to drop it to Brett how far away from dropping to Brett and that match was that uh, I think he dropped to Brett in September of 92 yeah so January yeah, of 93 yeah. and he would leave back for WCW I believe his last appearance for the WWF was in February. So he wasn't really long for the company at this stage. Yeah, fair. Yeah, because he lost a, a, like the second or third episode of Raw, something like that. He lost a Loser Leaves Town to Mr. Perfect. I think, too, that was one of the first times that I... So again, being Canadian, we had limited... Like, it was just Maple Leaf Wrestling, Stampede Wrestling, especially in, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Put the pause in there. The the Lance Storm pause. Um, mm. Very limited access to anything. And I, I don't know. The Atlanta Olympics was 92 as well, wasn't it? 96. Was it 96? Yeah. I'm trying to remember, because I do remember one of the first times I saw, was a primetime wrestling that they had on USA or something? Like, there, you wouldn't know. You weren't even fucking born yet, you jerk. <laughs> You're correct. Um, yeah, I mean, they and they'd have the table where it was like Gorilla Monsoon on one side with whatever face and on the other side was Bobby Heenan with like Mr. Perfect or whatever. And it was almost like a talk show and then they'd throw to throw to matches or whatever. Hmm. But um, seeing Ric Flair with the blurred out WCW title, like I wish if you go to the network and you watch those clips, they don't blur out the WCW title anymore because they own it. There right. you go. <laughs> but back then it was such a big deal because you knew exactly what it was. They never mentioned it, but it's the big gold. And it was like there was it was so revolutionary and like, oh my god, they're gonna get in so much trouble for this. But the fact that they blurred it out was enough mm. to allow them to do it. But it was I remember vividly that as a child. As a child, as a 13-year-old, 12-year-old. Um Seeing that and just like the the blurred out title was a very, very cool image in my mind with uh, with old school wrestling. The last two things, funny enough, this date is pretty well tied to the I believe there was three of them, but this this date's pretty tied to the former New Year's Revolution 
pay-per-views. The first Fair. one of those events took place on this date in 2005 in San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> which was weird because they, man, in 04, 05, they just jammed pay-per-views together. Yep. Uh, it was on January 9th. The Rumble was on the 30th, and they had no way out. Like, they loved booking pay-per-views. Uh, that was headlined by an elimination chamber that saw Triple H win, but pretty much further along the story of teasing dissent uh, with Batista leading up to the Rumble and obviously that storyline, which was pretty damn good. But more importantly was the year after. Now, New Year's Revolution 2006 took place on the 8th. Do you recall what happened on that pay-per-view? I believe Edge cashed in his money in the bank. That is and won indeed his what first happened. WWE Championship. So, do you know what that means for January 9th of 2006 on Monday Night Raw? No. <laughs> that was the night of Edge and Lita's. <gasps> oh, it wasn't. No. Oh, my God. Happy anniversary, everybody. <laughs> 18 was, years ago. Oh my that god. Was 06? That was almost oh, 17 years ago, excuse me. Yeah. I was gonna say 18. Uh, whatever baby they created could legally drink in Canada in Alberta. <laughs> Jesus. God. Oh my god. That was as okay, so 06, I'm 26 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm remembering it. There was so much like awkward to do with it. Again, it was like one of those things like there's no way they're going to do it. There's there's this can't happen on TV. It's similar to, you know, great segue from the Ric Flair. Like they can't show WCW's title on WWF. Um, a bed like they set it up a bed in the ring. There was like a carpet. Most of it was under the sheets. Um, you know, spoiler alert. Might have been a little wardrobe malfunction, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, more than one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the coolest thing to come out of all of that, though, was the appearance of Matt Hardy. Not necessarily on that episode. And I know we've talked about that feud before. Um, but within a couple weeks, because... Lita and Edge were just annoying, which was great heel work. Uh, but I remember them walking by a garage door and Matt Hardy, who had been fired because Lita cheated on him with Edge and somehow Matt Hardy got fired out of all of it. Mm. Um, yeah, the reappearance. And that was, again, dirt sheets were online. Dirt sheets were really picking up steam and nobody had it. Nobody had this happening, and it actually felt like Matt Hardy infiltrated Raw to fight Edge, to legitimately <laughs> fight Edge on TV. Turns out, and you know, if, it was part of a story. He got re-signed and everything, but whatever. And if that could turn into a story, why can't Brawl out? <laughs> right? <laughs> Six months. Well, no, two months. Two months from a couple days ago. Book it. Well, with that, we, we have a goal in mind. Make it to the aftermath of Revolution as a podcast, at the very least, to see if Crash Andrews is indeed correct. 
oh, I'm, ugh. I know what's going to happen out of this. Either I'm going to gloat the crap out of it, or you're going to shit on me <laughs> so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. All right. No, fine. I, 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 uh, just everything about this feels like they held on to him just in case they can get them in the same room and do business. And we talked about if we have talked in the past, just, I think it was actually like the day of, or like a couple episodes after it happened, the business that can come out of this could be transitional for AEW. Mm -hmm. This could be their, and again, I'm not trying to compare, but this could be their NWO. This could be the thing that actually puts them on that next level. And, you know, elevates to where WWE, if they can make this work, WWE should be crapping in their pants. Because I don't think WWE has anything that would garner the interest that a CM Punk versus the Elite uh, would be able to generate. As long as they can work together. But, I mean, Brett and Sean hated each other and some had some of the best matches of that era. So, mm -hmm. why not punk and, and uh, why not punk against the elite with FTR or whoever with Bret Hart managing, make it happen. It's a thing. March, March 5th, ladies and gentlemen, from the sold out chase center in San Francisco. It's AEW revolution 2023. Get your tickets today. I will say to wrap up the show. Um, it's interesting that CM Punk joining the company was thought to maybe be that platform, but who knew CM Punk joining the company, then potentially leaving the company, but actually staying with the company could be even bigger than that. Time will tell. With that, we are done. We will see you next week. At least we hope. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the Second Term Buckle podcast. We will. Catch you all later. Follow Crash on Twitter. Still at Crash underscore Andrews. Elon's letting me down. And myself at Toogie24. And we will see you all next week. What? Jeez. Has it been that long? I and was you waiting forgot to see if you did eject, to be honest. I'm right here. I've got it. Didn't you hear my tickety tickety of my loud keyboard? To be honest, uh, I thought you were looking up where Revolution was being held. <laughs> No, we, I mentioned it. It is taking place March 5th at Chase Center in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> all right. Bobby the Brain Heenan, to close it out, there's a counter for every hold and a hold for every counter and a lunch counter for every person that you know, Shivani. <laughs> Goodbye. Everybody. Shot at Shivani at the end. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs>